Returning to St. Paul's letter to Timothy, the apostle writes, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of you may have seen that New Orleans Saints linebacker Demario Davis has been in the news recently. In the Saints game against the Seattle Seahawks last month, uh, Davis wore a headband under his helmet with the words, Man of God. Unbeknownst to him, the headband violated the NFL's personal message policy under its uniform restrictions. And so Davis was fined $7,017 for this uniform violation. And not the first, by the way, to be fined. He felt conflicted upon receiving the fine and notice of violation, and he debated openly on his social media accounts whether or not to continue wearing the headband because of its message and expression of faith, or to follow the rules. Which one, he wondered, would bring greater glory to God? In the end, he chose to abide by the policy, and he did not wear the headband the following week or since. His infraction created quite a stir, both on social media and regular media outlets, And in an effort to turn all of the attention into something positive and productive, Davis offered to sell the headbands. He created a line of them, man of God, woman of God, and child of God, with 100% of the proceeds pledged to St. Dominic Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. Sales have gone viral. He has reportedly raised $120,000, $60,000 from the headband sales themselves, and he also was given another matching grant of $60,000. This is an inspiring modern-day example of how impactful just one man's witness can be. It takes courage for a person to so publicly identify as a Christian. And Davis has clearly inspired hundreds of others to do the same with these headbands, to wear their faith, not on their sleeve, but on their head, as it were. The phrase that he used on his initial headband, man of God, is actually found in our text today from St. Paul's second letter to Timothy. St. Paul writes, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for, and he lists four things, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God, anthropos theos, may be complete, equipped for every good work. This Greek word anthropos means not just man as in a male, but the whole of humanity, male and female. It's that same word from our English philanthropy, which is a combination of the Greek philios for love and anthropos for humanity. A philanthropist is not just someone who gives money. Uh, By definition, a a philanthropist is a lover 
of humanity. And of course, theos is the Greek word for God. Anthropos theos is the man or woman, the person of God. And we see in this phrase, the man of God, that it is a whole person description. The Christian is not defined by an intellectual assent to ideas or concepts about God. The man or the woman of God is the person whose entire life, their thoughts and words and deeds, their core identity, the very root of their being, is formed by and shaped into the image and likeness of the living and true God. How does one become anthropos theos, a man or a woman of God? Well, one can't. It is perfectly impossible, at least from the human side of things, which is why God the Father sends God the Son into the world. And here, the brief recounting of salvation history. The word of God becomes flesh, is crucified, died, and buried. On the third day, rises from the dead, ascends into the heavens, and then sends his Holy Spirit to inhabit us. Why? To unite us to himself, that where he is, risen unto eternal life, seated at the right hand of the Father, we might also be. In Christ, God came down to earth in order to raise us up to heaven, to transform us into anthropos theos. There is a famous and provocative quote from St. Athanasius, the great defender of Nicene Orthodoxy, writing in the fourth century. He wrote, For the Son of God became man so that we might become God. Not God in his nature, it is to be understood, but that we would be perfectly united with God the Father through his Son by the grace of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Through his Son, Jesus, God invites us to be transformed into men and women of God. And in this transaction, in this equation, God is the unchanging party, and we are the ones who are invited to change and be transformed. Whether or not we allow ourselves to be changed and transformed by him and with him and in him, that is up to us. If we so choose, how is it that a person is able to undertake this radical transformation? St. Paul, writing to his friend Timothy, directs, our attention to the Holy Scriptures, the transformative power of the Holy Scriptures. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the anthropos theos may be complete. The truth of the Holy Scriptures are like God himself, which is to say, unchanging. Indeed, we might even say that the truth of the Holy Scriptures are, in a mystical sense, God himself. Holy Scripture is the mystical manifestation of that self-same Word of God who became flesh, who is the way and the truth and the life, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the truth of the Holy Scriptures are unchanging, and they have power to change and transform us if we allow them. So, when we fill ourselves with the unchanging Word of God, we learn about the mysteries of the faith and about the people that we are called to be. Holy Scripture is profitable for teaching. When we fill ourselves with the unchanging Word of God, those parts of our lives that are defiant or rebellious, they are exposed to the light of His truth, and we become convicted by this disparity between who we are and who God calls us to be. Holy Scripture is profitable for reproof. When we fill ourselves with the unchanging Word of God, we're not just convicted of the error of our ways, but God reveals to us the, us the path that we should go. Holy Scripture is profitable for correction. And when we fill ourselves with the unchanging word of God, we become illumined and empowered by divine wisdom and guidance to actually become the people that he created and redeemed us to be. Holy Scripture is profitable for training in righteousness. The ultimate purpose of filling ourselves with the unchanging word of God is that the anthroposteos, the man or woman of God, may be complete equipped for every good work. It is not just believing what is right, as important as this is, but in a much deeper and more profound sense, it is about becoming what is right in our whole being as men and women of God. Now, this seems straightforward enough, but as St. Paul so deftly points out, the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings and will turn away from listening to the truth. To fall prey to this temptation is to reverse the formula altogether. It is to replace ourselves with the unchanging word of God. And instead of allowing ourselves to be transformed into his image and likeness, we pretend in vain to transform God into our image and likeness. Instead of becoming men and women of God, we attempt to demote God to become a God of men. This, of course, is an illusion. We can't really change the identity of an unchanging God but that certainly hasn't stopped us from trying. How can we know if we are the ones being transformed into anthroposteos or if we are trying to transform God into our image? How can we know the difference? On the one hand, this is a very tricky and complicated question, in part because the outward and visible church in the world is broken into a million little pieces, and with them, just as many interpretations of Holy Scripture that are flying every which way. It is the plain truth that in the 21st century, a person can, for all intents and purposes, not only find, but actually accumulate for ourselves teachers to suit our own liking. In the midst of the profound brokenness of the church, it is very easy 
to be led astray, to turn away from listening to the truth. With such confusion and incoherence of teaching, even to the point of radical contradiction, mutually exclusive teachings, how are we to know if we are allowing the word of God to transform us into the anthropos theos, or whether we are the ones who have the itching ears and cannot endure sound teaching? This is a gravely serious question. It is very, very easy. In fact, it takes virtually no effort whatsoever for us to comfortably believe what it is that we want to believe and to point the finger at all those itching ears around us who believe otherwise. It's always the people who believe differently than us. They're the ones that have it wrong, even, I'm afraid, if that includes Almighty God himself. We can certainly live this way, and many are content to do so, comfortably pointing the finger anywhere but at the self, but that is not at all the point of St. Paul's teaching. His premise is very clear and personal. He's speaking directly to the Christian's relationship with God the Father as revealed through his Son. Our Lord is the Word made flesh. He is a living Word. He is the self-same Word whom we encounter in the Holy Scriptures. This teaching is about the power and the perfection and the unchanging truth of that word, the rock of our salvation, and how that word transforms my broken, imperfect, fickle, frightened, sometimes feisty, and often rebellious self. This teaching is not for me to use to judge others against my personal self-serving, and likely profane circumscription of the whole of the meaning of Holy Scripture. It is for me to apply to myself, for you to apply to yourself. This teaching is first and foremost about how the Word of God teaches, reproves, corrects, and trains me and you that we might be transformed into men and women of God. Right. You'll notice I'm still avoiding the answer to the question, though, how can we know the difference? How do we know if we're being filled with the unchanging word of the one living and true God, the one who in truth became flesh and dwelt among us? If we were to invite 10 different people to read the Holy Scriptures and ask them their interpretation, we would get 10 different interpretations. If we were to invite 100 people to read through the whole of scriptures and ask the meaning, we would get 100 different meanings and so on and so forth. How can we know that we are grounded in the unchanging truth of the word made flesh and that we are not leaning on our own understanding? For starters, if we encounter the word of God and we learn nothing and are reproved of nothing, and are corrected in nothing, and trained in nothing, this is a strong indicator that we may somewhere be missing the mark, because these are the intended effects that the word is to have on us. St. Paul says so plainly. Holy Scripture is not dead letters on a page for us to shuffle and manipulate until we arrive at a meaning 
that suits us. Holy Scripture is the very word of God. And here, here is the answer to the question. As such, its meaning can only be understood in union with that self-same word, our Lord Jesus Christ, through his mystical body, the church. These are inseparable. The church may be outward and visibly broken, like our Lord in his passion, but her truth remains invincible and unchanging, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. I didn't plan to turn to the hymnal, but was absolutely stunned with the text, the hymn text, for the hymn that we sang prior to the gospel. Here, the first uh, verse and following. O word of God incarnate, O wisdom from on high, O truth unchanged, unchanging, O light of our dark sky. We praise thee for the radiance that from the hallowed page a lantern to our footsteps shines on from age to age. Do you see the intertwinedness of the word made flesh and the Holy Scripture? The following three verses are all about Mother Church. The church from her dear master received the gift divine, and still that light she lifteth over all the earth to shine. It is the golden casket where gems of truth are stored. It is the heaven-drawn picture of Christ, the living word. St. Cyprian of Carthage famously wrote, No one can have God for his father who does not have the church for his mother. This saving treasure of the undivided faith of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, it has been revealed in all of its glory and is there for all to receive. The Catholic faith is the interpretive lens through which we are able to understand these deep truths of God, the word made flesh, through which we can test and discern and understand the truth of the Holy Scriptures. Indeed, they express one and the same thing, the unchanging truth of the living God. Attempts to understand the meaning of the scriptures apart from our Lord and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church will and do result in as many varied and scattered interpretations as there are us sinners in the church. May God then inspire us anew this day with a deep and insatiable hunger for the truth of his unchanging word, that word made flesh, that we would profit from his teaching, from his reproof, his correction, and his training in righteousness to the end that we would be made complete as men and women of God and equipped for every good work. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.